Praise the Lord. Oh yeah, please, can you please? Let's do on our feet. And let's open to Colossians 1.12. Colossians 1.12. Say, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I want us to appreciate God because of the gift of eternity for us. In Adam, we were all men to perish when we leave this world. But through Jesus, we are able to have hope. Look at what 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says. Say, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. So the best hope you have that you are a child of God is, oh, I will be rich. I will have this. I will live in sandhead. But you don't have the hope of eternity. Look at what the Bible says. So we are of all men, most what? Miserable. So each day, I thank God because no matter what I become in this life, I have hope of eternity. So we're going to sing this song to appreciate God because He promised that I go to heaven and I'm coming back. He did not leave us without direction. Some religion, they are God left them without direction. They are confused. But my Jesus left with a promise that I'm coming back again. Amen. Are you happy because of that? Amen. Shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. God bless you, my peace. Let's sing the song. You may not know the song, but please sing the song because I know it. He's coming back again. My God is coming back again.
It's kind of commitment. And I want you to look unto your God. And God, whenever you come, I promise you I will be ready. Please go ahead and make that commitment to your God. And say so you want to inherit this earth, if truly you have hope of eternity. Say, Lord, whenever you come, I don't know when, but I promise I will be ready. I will be ready for you whenever you come. I will be ready for you whenever you come. Whenever you call for me, I will be ready. I will not be caught on a wheels. Your coming will not be a surprise to me because I will be ready. I will be ready. I will be ready. When you come, I will be ready. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You can please Hallelujah. have your seat. Last month, we treated the first part of this message. My plan was to finish that message that day. But the Holy Spirit decided to split it into part one and two. So the Holy Spirit wants us to go through the part two of the message that was taught on the 14th of June. If you missed that message, please, I will encourage you to get a copy of it from the technical. And for you to know, every message that is preached in this church, we have a copy of it. You can go to the technical, just one year, correct? Just one year, you get the message for the whole month. Just one year, messages for the whole month. Please take your copy. Our text, so we're taking the topic, Jesus is coming soon. Are you prepared? Part 2. And our text is also Matthew 24, 35 to 44. And also Matthew 25, 1 to 13. I will try and rush through the beginning of it. I'm really going after our focus for today, which is, are you prepared? How do you prepare for His coming? The first part, the Lord helped us to establish the fact that irrespective of the errors that we are hearing in the TV, on the internet, about Jesus' second coming, we are able to establish that it is confirmed. Jesus is coming again. And we said the time, the hour, nobody knows. And we said something very interesting to me. At the time it will come for you. It may be when you die or when rapture comes. And you have no control over these two times. You cannot control when you are going to die. Neither can you control where rapture will happen. And we said, what we need to do as believers is you must be ready. So today we're going to focus on how am I going to be ready? How do I ensure I am ready? But the truth is, it will take God for many of us to know that we are not ready. Do you know, as my friend will say, that you can be sincerely wrong? <laughs> Hello? You are sincere, but what? 
wrong. And that is why I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to go through the second part of this message. If you just okay, how many of us we are ready for heaven? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. How many of us are truly ready for heaven? Remember, no sinner will go to heaven, including the sin of your thought. Not only the sin that you do, we see. But the terrible thing that happens in your heart against your fellow brother, God is going to judge it. Say, so we judge every thought, conversation, attitude, behavior of you and I. That the first thing. So, are you ready? Or you are not? Only you can answer that question. Anyway, you and God. But I would rather go to God to tell me so that I will get it right before it will be too late. So the second part in Matthew 24, 42 to 44, it says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour, ye think not. When you think, oh, it is not possible. God cannot come now. It is not possible. I cannot die now. He said what? That is when I will come. As ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Why must I prepare why do I have to prepare? I'm born again. Why must you prepare? Number one, because Jesus commanded it. He said, be watchful. Be vigilant. Be prepared. Be expectant. Be eager for my coming. And number two, he said, why you need to prepare the devil will fight you every second to make sure you don't make heaven. And that is where we really need to be very careful. Do you know the Bible says, for every soul that is saved, what happened in heaven? There is rejoicing for every soul. So you can imagine the day you gave your life to Jesus, there was a big party in heaven. Because of who? Because of you. Now imagine the day you backslide. The day you don't do the right thing. What will ever do? And what will the devil do? <laughs> so what do you cause in the spirit? Are you causing joy in heaven or joy in hell? For everything you do as a child of God, these two things happen. It's not like a joy in heaven or that's a joy in hell. And you know the opposite. So when there is a joy in heaven, what do you think the devil will do? Oh, I've lost this. And they will go and gather all these demons. You must fight this boy. He must come back to us. For many of us will live our life as if, oh, the devil is asleep. No? 
If we make sure he fight us that we can make heaven, including making us rich. Don't think the devil cannot make you rich. If you go and be fraudulent in your office, you get money in your account, is it God that makes you rich or the devil? Hello? You change one million to one billion on the record of your office. And you are coming to church, oh, God has blessed me. No, devil bless you, not God. Because you change your record. So the devil blesses. The devil will bless you so that you will be diverted. You will not remember everything again. And you start going to the world. Many people started this race with you and I. They are not here because of riches. Not because of sickness. And many, it will even put their sickness. So that when the sickness gets to a point, say, oh, God is not that God. And they will go back. So whether the thing is sweet, whether it is not sweet, it is never an excuse for you not to make heaven. And we need to get that right. Many of us, our Christianity is, oh, when it is rosy, when everything is smooth, God, Jesus is good. But when it is not there, when you are going through challenges, oh, Jesus, you have left me. No, no, no. He didn't promise you you won't pass through challenges. If I said, when you are going through that challenges, where will I be? I will be with you in the challenges. I will not run. I will not run. I want to see how you are going to pass the exam and I will take you to the next level. In Revelation 12, 12, Revelation 12, 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, ye heaven, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Do you see yourself? Why? And of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. For many of us, we are living our life as if we have a long time. Jesus is coming for a church that is fully prepared. Because of my time, we're not able to go through the seven churches that Jesus warned in Revelation 2 and 3. These seven churches, they were prepared in fact, they thought they were ready. But when you see how God exposed them, let's go through it. The first church is called the Loveless Church. That's the church in Ephesus. In Revelation 2 4. It says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. They got it right in every other area. They got it right. God said it. But they have left their first love. The zeal for serving the Lord has diminished. Their passion for the work of God has diminished. You know the category of those people? Say, oh, when this church started, I used to. I used to be in choir. I used to fast. I used to pray. But where are you now? You have left your first love. Oh, in those days, I used to preach. I would go through the road of Moscow and I will be preaching to them. Where are you now? Jesus is addressing you. You are not ready. You have left your first love. Your passion for his service has diminished. He said that church is not ready. I want you to go to put yourself in this church 
I've told you, when you say church, it's not this block. Who is part of that fellowship? Say me. So it's not the building, not the record, not the drums. It is you and I. The second church is the Pagamos church. They are called the Lenient Church. Lenient Church. Revelation 2, 13 to 15. God said, yes, you are doing everything right, but I have a few things against thee. Because thou art there, them that owe the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stubborn blood before the children of Israel? And to eat the sacrifice unto the idol, and to commit fornication. So as thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. This church, they love righteousness, they love holiness, but they also love iniquity. You have friends that commit fornication, and you allow them to come to your house to commit fornication. When they are talking about the immoral thing, you two are laughing, and you are happy. Say me, I'm not part of them, but you are happy about it. You've never preached against it. You have people doing the wrong thing around you, and you are ready to be part of them. Your silence is saying what? I agree. This is this church. They are not doing it, but there are a lot of people doing it to mingle with them. So people could not recognize what is, what, which one is, is the right. You are not prepared. Simna Church. I jumped that. In Revelation 2, 8 to 11. It's called a persecuted church. You know, I've told you that you are passing through persecution does not mean heaven is straight away. No. Look at what it says about this church. Say, fear none, Revelation 2.10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto what? Unto what? Unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. So, in the middle of persecution, if you get discouraged and you go back, what happens? You lose the crown. So, that you are passing through problems, you are passing through challenges, you don't have food on your table, does not excuse you from getting ready for Christ. He told the church, they should not be afraid of death. They should not be afraid of persecution. I told you the, the first part. Christians, we need not be afraid of death. It is the quickest way to get to heaven. It's quicker than rapture. Do you know that? If death comes now, and if rapture, rapture comes now, that's why you need to live your life as if the next second is either death or rapture. And I can tell you, when you get to that stage, you live what I call a free life. When you get to that stage that you are no longer afraid of death, <laughs> you live what? A free life. But how many of us have gotten there? 
Then let's see another church. Titara Church. Um, that's the compromising church. In Revelation 2, 18 to 29, this church is a church that God commended their love, that they are growing, their service, their faith, their patience is growing, and they were encouraged to hold on to that faith. But, however, they permitted false doctrine in their midst. It's linked to the Nicolaitan church. They allow people, immorality is right, you can commit anything you want. Just like the, the Corinthians. When Paul was addressing them. They heard that in, me, in you, people are just performing immorality anyhow. And you say you are preparing for heaven. If you are in that category, you are not ready for heaven. Let me say this. Many of us, we commit some sin. Because Jesus did not kill you. You take that a whole, God allowed it. That was the mistake of Judas Iscariot. He has been stealing the purse. Jesus has been warning him. But he thought, okay, anytime I come back, he will forgive me. Until the day, he needed money. He needed raw cash. And he went to the priest. He said, let me just, you want him? I will identify him for you. I will kiss him. You take him. After you have taken him, I know he has power. He will just do something and he will come back again. And nobody will know have collected the money. That was his gimmick. He thought he could do it smartly. And Jesus Christ would be released after they take him. But never knew he was playing to the hand of the devil. That's what I call the last card for Judas Iscariot. Many of us, we are the virtue of our last card. You commit sin and you come back. You commit sin, you go and ask God, I'm sorry. You never know when you are going to do your last card. You don't joke with God. And you say you are preparing for heaven. As you are committing that sin, if rapture happens, what happens? Where will you be? If death happens, where will you be? As a child of God, you don't joke with sin and think things will be the way it should be? No. Another church is the church called Sardis Church. They are called the Lifeless Church. Revelation 3, 2 to 4. Let's read where I'm going to read that. Look at what it says to this church. It says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. In other words, I was telling them, wake up from thy slumber. You are sleeping. Wake up. Your work is not perfect with your God. Verse 3. So remember therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Do you see yourself? When you gave your life, you are doing everything. You are zealous for the Lord. If therefore thou shalt not watch. Look at this. Jesus said, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. He's telling this church, you need to repent now, or you will miss heaven. Remember, he's never talking to unbelievers here. He's talking to who? 
believers. And verse 4 said, There are a few names, even in studies, which have not defied their garment, which I believe we have in this church. People that are ready forever. Look at what he said. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Those living a holy life. Those that are purified. Those that allow God to deal with them the way he wants, not to deal with them the way you want. He said you should continue because that is the how to get prepared for heaven. Now, the, the, the best church of all of them, which I believe is what you and I need to be, is called the obedient church. That's the Philadelphia church. In Revelation 3, 7 to 13. In, in verse 8, it says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. Do you see yourself there? Say, oh, Pastor, I'm not anointed. Pastor, I need more power so that I can be able to serve God. Pastor, I'm just falling. I'm just falling. No! This church has what? Little strength. But say they are what? They are obedient. See, the truth is, whether you are, you're, that you are anointed does not guarantee you will make heaven. That you are not anointed does not guarantee you will make heaven. It is the way you live your life. I don't have time to, to go on to send revelations of God on that. That you are anointed does not give you guarantee you can misbehave. Judas is carried. To me, is the is the is the worst loser in the whole Bible. He hurt with Jesus, died with him, performed miracle with him. He went among the seventy, lay hands on the sick, they recovered, and at the end, what happened? He's in hell now. So don't say, "Oh yes, me, I'm anointed. I'm going to heaven." No. Oh, me, I'm not anointed. I will not go to heaven. No. This church, the Bible said, they have little strength. Let's go on. And because of that, they kept my word and have not denied my name. In other words, they have no pride in them. Many are proud because of anointing. Many are proud because they have money. Many are proud because they have this, they have that. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation. Still, let's, let's note this. He said, this church, they were willing for God to deal with them. They cooperate with God. He said, when the hour will come, I will keep you, you will not fall. But the other church will read. He said, because you are adamant, you are doing whatever you like. He said, I will come at a time you are not prepared. Eleven. He said, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. This church, they are not spiritual giants. But what? They did not deny Christ. That is what God is looking for. And in return, Jesus promised them to overcome all their trials. And to ensure that when it's coming, they will be fully prepared. And the last church is the lukewarm church. In Revelation 3, 14 to 21. Revelation 3, 14 to 21. Let's make it verse 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, 
I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich. I am increased with goods. I have need of nothing. And know not that thou art what? Wretched. <laughs> look at how they saw themselves. And look at how God, saw, God was seeing them. They say, oh, we are rich. I mean, no oh, man, everything is smooth. Oh, the light is there. Car is there. I have my office is there. I cannot be sent away. My contract is secure. Everything is smooth for me. And look at what Jesus said. He said, thou as wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is a church I call up and down church. Up and down believer. Today they are for Jesus, tomorrow they are for devil. When they are in church, you see they are lifting up holy hands. By the time they are outside, they behave anyhow. I call them the spiritual adulterers. They are spiritual ad- adulterous people. Today they are for Jesus. Tomorrow they go and meet another. Next week, yes, that's what an adulterous woman will do. Or man. Tomorrow is meeting this. Next tomorrow is meeting that. They were deceived by their riches, by their comfort, by the affluence they see around them. Please don't be deceived. Jesus said, it is difficult for you to make heaven when you are rich than when you are poor. Do you know Jesus said that? Say, it is hard for a rich man to be rich. I mean, to make heaven. Because of what? It's riches. If I was saying, he said, it's as if you want to put what into a camel. You want to put a, a camel through a needle. And that's why we need to be careful. Many of us, because we are no man, we thought everything, all is, all is well. And you can misbehave anyhow. You're in Nigeria. Thank God it's my country. You need to be extra anointed when you are leaving your house. Because you are leaving your house, you don't know whether it's an armed robber is there for you. When you are coming back to the house, you don't know whether an armed robber is, co- is following you. You just open your gate and he points gun at you. We enjoy that freedom here. Men of us will relax. <laughs> Please, where you need to be prepared more is in the time of comfort that you are enjoyed in Oman. As a matter of fact, in Nigeria, when you are leaving your house, just God, if you come today, please take me with you. I don't know what I will meet outside. But all I care for is, as I'm going out, whatever happens, I want to reign with you. That is it. That is it. Is there a drunk driver that can just come and eat you? Or anything can happen. Anything. But, whatever happens, that I will meet my God in heaven. The way Jesus rounded up the teaching for this church, let me read it. You will see it in Revelation 7, 11, 17. It says, He that had and hear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise. Brethren, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 12, So wherefore, let him that thinketh is stand, take it lest before. Please don't think you are standing. 
be sure you are standing. The seven churches, they were thinking they were standing, but they were not sure. It took God to make them realize. If you go to Isaiah 1, 1 to 6, Isaiah 1, 1 to 6, it said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne and lifted up, and his cane filled his temple. This is the man of God, Isaiah. He has a prophesy from Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 2, 3, 4, 5. He has been prophesying woe unto Israel. Oh, Israel, you are dead, you are this. God will do this, God will punish you, you will go to this. But in verse 6, look at what happened. Let's, let me read verse 5. Then said I, when he saw the throne of heaven, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Do you hear that? And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. You know what happened to brother Isaiah, prophet Isaiah? He was comparing himself with the people. And you know, when you compare yourself with sinners, what will you say? I am clean. That's the statement of course we have. You are comparing yourself with a man. A man that you don't know what he does in his room. A man that you don't know what happened in his heart. But when Elisha saw heaven, he saw the standard of God. He saw his own deathness. Please, if you have to compare your holiness with anybody, who should you compare with? Jesus. Compare your holiness with who? Jesus. I'm sure there are some people looking up to brother Judas Iscariot. Say, ah! But probably the mother will say, my son will go to heaven. See, he's following Jesus. He's by the side of Jesus. Not knowing that inside is a devil. And look at what Isaiah did in verse 6. Then flew one of the, what God did for him, flew one of the seraphim unto him, having a life coat in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from off the altar. What happened? Immediately Isaiah saw his dirtiness. He humbled himself, repented, and called himself, named God, I am undone. I'm a sinner. I've been comparing myself with these people. Now I can see your standard of holiness. Please have mercy on me. And immediately, God sent an angel. Go and anoint his tongue. If you read it further, the moment the tongue was anointed, it was made cleansed. God said, who shall I send? I, I will go. Let us learn to submit ourselves to the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit and not the scrutiny of man. As a matter of fact, don't make any man your reference point of preparedness for heaven. Go to the scripture, see how Jesus did it, and follow suit. Compare yourself with no man but Jesus alone. And how did Jesus do it? In John 14, 12, it says, Very, very, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also do, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. You know what that, is mean? that means? Many of us will say it in the context of anointing, of power. But you need to also look at the humility of Christ. He said, The way I was humble, the way I bear the fruit, not only the gift of the Spirit. 
So the way Jesus exhibited the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of power, the gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, signs and wonders, interpretation of thought, discernment of the Spirit, the gift of faith. He said that same way you need to do it, but it does not stop there. You need to have the fruit of the Spirit like Jesus had it. As recorded in Galatians 5, 21 to 23. It said, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperaments. And let's look at the illustration that Jesus gave on how to prepare. I'm going to be fast now so that I can cover some things. I wish you, I pray the Holy Spirit will not make it part three here. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at the parable of the ten virgins. I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to study that. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. Matthew 25. Please open your Bible to that place. If you can project it, wonderful. So that we can read it. Many of us, we, but we don't have Bible here. Say, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Say, ten virgins. Ten born again. Good. We took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. They were ready to go and meet Jesus. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They were not foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wives took oil in, the, in their vessel with their lamp. While the bridegroom tarried, just like it seems that Jesus is tarried. 2,000 years ago, he gave the promise. He has not come. Look at what happened while the bridegroom tarries. While the bridegroom tarries, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye how to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your heart. For our lambs are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, <laughs> what they would have done, they failed to do. Look at what happened. The bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. I pray the door will not be shut against any one of us in the name of Jesus. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open us, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Remember, they were what? Born again. But because of their carelessness, he said, I no longer know you. Watch therefore, for ye know neither day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, I have three things I want us to learn from this story. Number one, they were all born again. And consciously getting ready for God. Getting ready for the second coming. But something differentiated the two of them. Five wise, five foolish. And what is that? The five foolish virgins, they have adequate oil 
to last for the journey. They have adequate anointing, adequate grace, adequate prayer time, adequate study time, adequate fasting time, worshiping God. They were preparing, but they did not have extra oil. In my company, we call that contingencies. I know in some other companies, they call this probably miscellaneous, right? When you are doing budgeting. So in case the uncertainty, in case this small work we don't plan happen, the time we are not prepared, it comes contingencies. They did not go with their contingency oil. They thought this oil should be enough before it comes. And you know, by the time they did that, they must have been saying, oh, this, 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 this girl, they must be foolish. How can you have oil in your oil and you are still taking extract? Please leave this way, they are whole school. They felt light that they were not carrying extra luggage. They only carried the lamp. Their other hand was not carrying the extra oil. They must have probably been ridiculing them, calling them names. Oh, you, are you the one that killed Jesus? I said, we don't know how to do it. <laughs> but because of what they lack, the contingency, what happened? When the bridegroom came, the door was shut against them. The other five were wise. Why? Because they have adequate and enough oil like the first foolish. But what? They were prepared for the unexpected delay. They kept the contingency oil with them. They did not look at the ridicule of the other foolish virgins. They did not look at people out, whatever anybody says, I don't care. I have my heart, I am doing what I need to do, but I will do what? Extra. And what is this extra? That's where I want us to concentrate before we pray. Your extra oil means praise God. If anybody is sleeping beside you, please, you are free to pinch them. Hello? Hello? Okay. We'll finish here. I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to do another part. Extra oil means what? Doing more than required. Going extra mile. When others have stopped, you are still forging ahead. It means... When others are praying for one hour, you should pray for what? Two hours. When others are only serving, probably serving in only choir. You say, me, I will serve in choir, I will serve in outreach. I want to do more for God. When others are saying, oh, you only come to church on Friday. So me, I will come on Friday. I will come on any other meeting. Pastor said we should come. I will make sure I have enough contingency on my account with heaven. It means I will not be satisfied with the job sufficient that everybody is seeing. See, if they have not called you name because of your faith, check yourself. You know they call Jesus who? They say the prince of who? Devil. <laughs> they call Jesus' name. 
So if they have not called you name, that your own is too much. Please check it. Please check it. Please check it. You are doing the normal. Everything is rosy. Oh, we come to church. Okay, I'm here at the church. Pastor is even forcing you to serve him. You don't have your extra oil that will sustain you when the time comes. Preach more. Witness more. Fast more. Pray more. Study the word of God more than the usual expected. When I thought we only open Bible in church. In the house, you don't open your Bible. And you say you are ready. <laughs> when the devil brings a blow, boah, and you fall down flat. But when, you, when God sees your faithfulness, your readiness to do more for him, the fire comes. Don't wait to be called. Don't wait to be encouraged by pastor. The Bible said David did what? He encouraged himself. Many of us will say, oh, the pastor did not come to greet me in the house. Pastor did not come to visit me. See, the truth is, pastor is going to heaven, you are going to heaven. That is the truth. He said, because pastor did not come to my house, I will go, I will go back to the world. <laughs> Ooh, you are not doing it for pastor, you are doing it for yourself. That is the truth. Pastor will answer to God. You will answer to who? To God. Now, that church, they don't love people. All of them, they are not even coming to me at all. And because of that, you go to the devil. <laughs> Woo! Your mind must be determined. And you must take action. Never to go back to the wall. That is the extra we are talking of. You continue to build your home. I was listening to one testimony of a woman that went to heaven and came back. He said in some people's, the mansion Jesus is building, some people when, do, when they are building the, the block in heaven, all of a sudden it just come down. And he said, every time you walk in the house of God as you are serving the Lord, those are the raw materials you are sending to heaven to build your home. And the moment you stop doing it, what happened? Or you commit a sin, what happened to your building? It comes down. Please let us be busy and not guilty. Don't be busy in the house like Judas Iscariot, but he was guilty. Gehazi was busy, but what? He was guilty. Please have your contingency ready. The normal is not what God is asking for. You need to do extra. Go a step further. Let them call you names. And you know they are calling you names for what? For Christ's sake. The truth is, you cannot share my own oil. <laughs> and I cannot share your home when the time comes. Now, many will call them, okay, those, those five wise virgins, they don't have love. Why did they share the oil? The remaining but sorry, when it is time to go to heaven, I will not share my home with you. And you are not going to share my extra with, with me. No. Everybody has to have his own what? Contingency. Be wise and not foolish. Let's press on our feet. I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to come again on this. Lord, we bless you.
we give you praise. One of the ways you can test whether you are ready or not is if you are not in position to say like Paul said in Philippians 1.21 Say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know what Paul was saying? Say, for me to live, I will live every moment with the full consciousness that rapture may happen any time. And so I will make sure I am preaching I am doing the work. I am ready for him. I am impacting life. And he said, even if I die, it is gain. I know I've what? I will escape all this tumor. All this writing, exam, looking for job sickness, trouble in this world. That is the truth. He said, I will, I will be escaped for all. But if you are not there yet to make that boldness, you are not ready for Christ. You are still afraid of death? You are not ready. If you know you are here this morning, the first step for you to be prepared for heaven, the first step is to be born again. If you know you are here, you are not born again, I want to raise your hand unto the Lord. I want to pray with you. If you know you are born again, I want you to begin to cry unto God. I God, please help me. Prepare me for your coming. Prepare me for your coming. You can only be in these two categories. So I don't expect anybody to be looking at me and doing nothing. If truly you are here for Jesus, you know you want to make heaven. You are born again, begin to cry unto God to help you. I cannot help you. You can't help yourself. You need God to help you. If you know you are not born again, I want to help you to be born again. Please raise your hand unto the Lord. You know you are not ready for heaven. You are not born again. You have not started the journey to heaven at all. You are not born again in this church and you are here. I want to pray with you. Please raise up your hand unto the Lord. Raise up your hand unto the Lord. You are not born again. You know you are still living in sin anyhow without control. You are living in sin without control. Raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. There are people here. You are not born again. You know it. You know it that your, your life does not depict that of a child of God. You are still living your life anyhow. You, you are committing sin without control. I want you to please raise up your hand. I'm begging you now. I'm begging you now because I want you to be able to make heaven. There is no point you. The Bible said tomorrow might be too late. I'm not saying you will die, but definitely you are going to die. Are you prepared to meet your maker? Are you prepared to meet your maker? You are here. You are not born again. I want to raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you want to make, make up your mind, and I will serve the Lord all the days of my life. If you are making that decision... I want you to please come to the front right now. God is looking for people that are bold to say, Yes, I am giving my life unto you. It is you and your eternity. You want to give your life to Jesus, come to the front now. I want to pray with you. You have been struggling with one sin or the other. You have found it difficult to overcome it. Every time you start, Oh God, I've made mistake again. You want to live the only life you are struggling for it. Come to the front. I want to pray with you. You need Jesus in your life. You need him in your life. Please come to the front. Shame the devil. Shame the devil so that you make it to heaven. <laughs> Shame the devil that you might make it to heaven. I'm going to pray with you. Please come to the front. Come to the front. God bless you for doing that. Come to the front right now. God bless you for doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, my brother, I want you to pray in your heart. I say, Lord Jesus, please have mercy on me. 
Jesus, have mercy on me. Please cry unto him to forgive you of your sin, to have mercy on you. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me my sins. I want to make heaven. I repent of all my sins today. I declare I'm your son. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, I want to thank you for this, your sons. They have shamed the devil by coming out. And they have given the glory unto you. See the rejoicing in heaven because of this one that surrendered their life unto you publicly. Disgracing the devil and giving glory unto the Lord. Lord, please save their soul. The grace for them never to go back to the world. Please give unto them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. My brother, please. I want you to follow that. Please follow that, Pastor. That pastor is going to, going to give you something and encourage you. The rest of us, our time is gone. I want you to, I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to come back to say this message. There are things we still need to know on this. Whether you like it or not, many of us, we are so excited about this whole world. We have forgotten where the true eternity is. And that is everything in this life must be traceable to heaven. You want to be rich, be rich. Is it traceable to heaven? You want to live in standard, is it traceable to heaven? That is what matters. Because rapture can come before the end of today. Except you are not a believer of the Bible. So it can be any time. Are you prepared? Please continue to hold on to the Lord. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you. We give you praise. You have spoken your word again. Lord, on behalf of your children, I cry unto you today that whenever you come, even if you come before the end of this day, please don't leave any one of us behind. In the name of Jesus, please don't leave any one of us behind. In the name of Jesus, everything you need to do for us to be fully prepared, Daddy, please, we surrender ourselves for the instruction, for the chastening, for the correction, that we might be ready for you anytime you come in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Shall we give a clap offering to our Lord? Hallelujah. 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 Let us thank the Lord. Second, we praise you. Father God, we praise you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your sermon to be used. Thank you, Lord, for the souls we are given. As the heaven rejoices even at this day, Lord, help us to rejoice on this earth. Hallelujah. Yes, dear Father. As you are with us, O Father, continue to be with us as we are going to leave from this place. Let your anointing continue to remain with us, O Father. Lord, teach us and guide us. Whatever we heard even this day, Lord, as, that is a very great plan and purpose of you, O Father. We are not accepting you. We are not as your children on this earth just for the worldly benefits. We are here, Lord, to inherit 
heaven, O Father. We are preparing us, Lord, to inherit heaven, O Lord. We thank you for the great promises. We thank you for the great hope that you given to us. Continue to help us hold on to that promise and walk on with faith, O Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Let the church say, Amen. Now, let us share the grace once again. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go with the peace of God.